SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. The warped and toxic culture of the Washington football team is about to be exposed in a sickening fashion again. If something is happening major, then uh, you heard it here first. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Yes, it is. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Thursday, glorious July 16th morning. This is yours truly on behalf of me, as we like to say, sitting in for the next two hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls again over the next two glorious hours at a Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel on this Thursday, July 16th. Well, he's back. Uh, how do you get these jobs? One less Titan Hill to climb. Let's all feel sorry for Dak. Okay, Ryan number one, but Tua number three. Dwayne Wade, what are you doing, brother? Four. Weird but needed. Uh, who has an all-star game on a Wednesday night, by the way? And hockey picks. Yes, we'll get to all those stories again. Plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday, July 16th. What's up, my friends? How is everything going on this uh, Thursday morning? Be praying for a big weekend, uh, no doubt. Hopefully for you anyway. Uh, typical Thursday for me. We got a little PGA golf getting underway in less than two hours. Although Tiger and company, the main, main, main group, shockingly, I know, is actually set to tee off this afternoon right around 1 o'clock Eastern time. A little prime TV, if you will. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny how they organized all the, the major groups. They're all kind of aligned with each other. So we got a little uh, PGA golf to get into. We got the hockey schedule that was uh, announced yesterday or two days ago, really technically. We'll get into some of our hockey picks. And uh, we got a couple of other tidbits to get into, including an all-star festivity last night. So much for conspiracies as uh, that fell by the wayside. But FanDuel fell into the conspiracy. We'll get to all that stuff, phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel.
Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. It is hour number one of our two-hour extravaganza. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, 844-843-6879. Again, the toll-free telephone number. Shoot me an email, go to the website, hit the uh, contact Scott icon and fire away and send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Well, he is back. Yes, as you may have heard at the top of our program, had a, a listener write in and on Sunday night, to be exact, 11.54 p.m. Eastern time, to be really exact, uh, who tweeted some, or uh, emailed to me saying, I hear Dan Snyder's going to have a bad week. It's not about the name change. Keep your eye on the Washington Post. So we brought that up Monday during the show, and lo and behold, uh, national media picks up on that, and then we get some tweets sometime Tuesday and then a little bit uh, yesterday as well about how they all have been hearing things, right? So Monday goes by and, you know, nothing happens. And Tuesday goes by and then nothing major happens. We know the two executives, they got fired, but that was over the weekend. And, uh, you know, Wednesday goes by yesterday and and nothing really happened. So I hop on my computer last night, get ready to do some uh, prep work for uh, this morning's show. And lo and behold, guess who's back? Mr. ABC, who uh, identified himself as ABC. When you hit the contact Scott icon on my uh, website, the emails, I told you, goes right to me. And uh, you have to punch in your name and, and punch in an address, an email address. So he punches in ABC. He punched in an email address that I actually tried to respond to that doesn't exist. So he writes, for your eyes only, which, you know, he knows that's not going to happen. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Can Snyder distance himself to stay the owner of the team? And that's that. For your eyes only. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Can Snyder, meaning Daniel Snyder, distance himself to stay the owner of the team? So what are we about to hear from the Washington Redskins? Our source was right in that something apparently is happening. Otherwise, uh, I imagine the national media, as it has, uh, wouldn't have picked up on this. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, NFL Network alluding to something major and something bad really going on with the Washington Redskins with the one tweet that we read. So what is the, you know, it's remarkable that we've had speculation now for what, three plus days on something else besides the name change going on with the Redskins. And there's all the focus with the Redskins anyway. You would think some bird brain that covers this dopey team would be, you know, going to their sources, whether it's a player, whether it's a secretary, whether it's a front office guy, whether it's a buddy-buddy with one of the owners. There's got to be a bunch of minority owners, right? Uh, obviously, there are. So, you know, somebody, you would think somebody, somebody, but somebody who covers this team would have some source to figure out what the fudge is going on with this team because it's not about the Redskins or Red Hawks or Red Snails or whatever the name they want to pick. There is, you know, and it's it's there's clearly more to the story on why these two front office execs got fired, you know, a week and a half before the, the training camp basically starts or two weeks anyway. Something is going on with this team. And again, you just think somebody I'm not asking for 12 people. I'm asking for one person who covers this team to have some kind of source to tell us exactly what it is. Otherwise, our source is going to have to eventually leak it out, I suppose. But. Sex, drugs, rock. I mean, what what do you have? Ties to Epstein, for goodness sakes? And I'm not not really kind of joking about that. I mean, could could that be it? I mean, Epstein was tied into freaking everybody else that we seemingly know. Everyone from, you know, President uh, Clinton to to the guy down the street. I mean, could that possibly be it? 
Um, you know, you hate to speculate on these. Th- actually, no, you don't. I actually love to speculate on these things. That's what we get paid for. Uh, but you're not making any accusations, but you just wonder, you know, what's going on. I told you Sunday night or, or Monday, you know, I I have a pretty good feel, you know, having made a living uh, for 30 plus years of knowing what someone's going to say without seeing them and without uh, being face to face with them. I, I got a pretty good feel when I get a tip on whether it's legit or not. And I told you that I, I felt that that, you know, tip was was somewhat legit. There wasn't much to it, but, you know, I felt there was enough there that made me think, okay, whoever is emailing me, and I don't know who it is, I really don't, uh, but is either an inside guy there, certainly knows what's going on. It can't be a reporter because otherwise he'd probably be breaking the story himself. So I'm assuming it's someone with the Washington Redskins or whatever they want to call themselves these days. So... There you go. Uh, he's back for your eyes only, which, again, you know, you email me. That's can't uh, can't acknowledge that sex, drugs, rock and roll. And Snyder distanced himself to stay owner of the team. So whether it's there's a mutiny amongst the minority owners, whether they have something on Snyder that uh, made him change the name so quickly. I told you earlier in the week, I thought it was very peculiar. Uh, I, I did say and I, and I continue, uh, continue to say, you know, you don't make name changes two months before a season begins. That just doesn't happen. It's, it's, it's virtually impossible because of all the licensing agreements and uh, copyrights and franchises and all the merchandise that's already out there, all the promotional material that's already out there. It takes generally a year for you. And in fact, it even takes a year for a player to generally, you know, change his uniform number. You know, if, if Tom Brady went to the NFL and said, I don't want 12 anymore, uh, although he's with a different team, so that's that, that's different. But if it was he was still with the New England Patriots and he went to the NFL and said, eh, I don't want 12 anymore, give me, uh, you know, give me 13. I want to be Dan Marino. Um, he couldn't do that overnight. You know, there, there are certain rules and regulations you have to follow. And, and name-changing a team logo and everything, you, you cannot generally get that done within a two-month period before a season begins. So I thought it was kind of strange that Snyder would do this because the, you know, there's enough there where he could say, well, you know, all right, all right we get it. We're going to change it, but we just can't change it overnight. So we're going to go with the Washington Redskins another year. But you have my promise. We're going to change it, you know, once we get all the copyrights and everything else all figured out. But he didn't do that. He took the name down immediately and said, OK, we're going to make the change, but we don't know what we're going to change it to. And this process could, like I said, they could go into this upcoming season without a nickname, believe it or not. And it's like, why would you do that if you don't have to? You know, if if all it is is to appease the nation, and that seemingly is it with Snyder because he's long, you know, fought against this issue. He could have just said, all right, we're going to change it. But, you know, listen, my hands are tied. I can't do it overnight. And he didn't do that. I I thought that was very, very strange. So there's – I I don't doubt there's something. I don't know what it is. I don't know when we're going to find out. But hopefully our source continues to leak out a little bit more and more information and maybe a little bit more specifically on what's going on, but it does not look good. And I told you yesterday, boy, what a what a crazy situation to be a Washington sports fan. You have the antithesis of the Capitals and the Nationals, and you want to throw the Mystics in there, all champions within the last two years. And then you got the Washington Wizards, uh, Wizards and, and the Washington Redskins, uh, who are just at the bottom of the barrel of their respective sports. Wow, just amazing. And speaking of the bottom of the barrel, I can't believe, well, we'll get into some of the other stuff, the golf that's going to get to you up here in about an hour and a half and, and uh, last night's all-star uh, NASCAR race, which was dopey. Uh, but I, I can't believe, I, I tell you, every time you think the Cleveland Browns 
have hit rock bottom on stupidity. They seem to get a bigger and better shovel and dig even deeper. They gave Miles Garrett, we talked about it yesterday, this $100 million contract extension, which we thought was idiotic, and I still believe it was idiotic just because you have them locked in for two more years. And if you want to throw a franchise tag on there, you could even say three more years. But realistically, two more years, moderate money. He's coming off a season in which he was suspended the last six games because he was a mental midget and took a swing at Mason Rudolph with Rudolph's own helmet, which he, oh, by the way, ripped off Rudolph's head. So why in the world would you ever give a contract extension to a guy like that, which you don't have to do because you have him locked in for two more years, right? So that's bad enough. Then we find out yesterday that the contract extension apparently contains $100 million in guaranteed money. A hundred freaking million dollars they gave to their biggest mental midget on the football team. Now that Johnny field goal is gone. Wow. I mean, you talk about just dumb. 50 million apparently is guaranteed at signing, which I'm, I'm taking as they wrote him a $50 million check when he signed this deal. Are you crazy, Cleveland? I mean, this is what happens when you have a 32-year-old GM, Andrew Perry. I mean, how do you get these jobs? I mean, I mean, does it take a lot of negotiating to do that? Holy crow. That is just Talk more about it next week. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. You, know, you see a post here about, you know, face mask that's covering the mouth. Like, you know, guys are not going to wear that. So we have to come down to a solution and, and figure out what we want to do. Because, uh, you know, obviously I want to play, but, you know, it, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of health facts and risk that goes into this. And a lot of guys with families, you know, don't want to risk that. So... Um, you know, if we could find a way to you know, to make it safe for everyone, then let's do it. But, you know, we need to come down with a conclusion for something pretty soon. You know, you hear about this school having this, and this school got this corona and this. And, and, you know, you hear about high schools having it and being shut down from where I'm from. Um, so I, I just don't understand how, you know, it's just all mind-boggling. And I, I really think it's going to be tough to have a season um, in any level, um, collegiate or, you know, professionally. But... Um, you know, there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> they going to try to find out a way out. Well, those words aren't too encouraging, huh? Have a great Thursday morning there, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon of the uh, Denver Broncos now. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Thursday, 844-843-6879. Talking his mind, though, and... Just being honest, you can't blame him for that, but it doesn't look too encouraging, at least not from his view, on whether there'll be an NFL season. I, I still think there will be. I have my doubts about college football, but I think it's going to take a lot more than what we have so far to get rid of the NFL season. College football, you know, you see it on the swing downward. That, yes, but not not the NFL. There, there's way, 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 way too much money. And I know there's a lot of money riding out on college football, but... Um, you know, again, you're talking about kids versus adults that are really able to make their own decisions, 
making more money than what the college kids are, not necessarily having the parents on the college kids back and on the you know executors and, and everyone else's back and we pretend to colleges. It's, it's really just dealing with players and agents. You want to play or, or don't you want to play? So here, here you go. This is your livelihood. You could always put off a year of college. You can't put off a year of the NFL. So there's a lot of different different things going on pertaining to the NFL versus college. But uh, if Melvin Gordon's comments are indicative of what other players are thinking, then you, know, you kind of wonder on whether there will be uh, you know an NFL season if, if they really if don't if they don't have their hearts into it. And we listed all the requirements, uh, demands, you know, asks, however you want to describe it, that the players' association were. Uh, asking from the owners, and it was ridiculous. Basically saying, if I'm in the NFL, I get paid if I decide not to play. That that's really what it came down to, because of all the you know at-risk uh, labels that were being put on players. So crazy and crazy again. Back to the Cleveland Browns here for a sec. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. I I don't know how like Andrew Berry is the new general manager. All right, he's a young little twerp, thirty two years old, little Harvard grad, little little thirty two year old geek. Okay, gets his first big time big time GM job. Was in the Browns organization before. Was in the uh, Eagles organization as well. You know, high positions. He's obviously elevated himself to the status as the youngest GM in in uh, in the NFL. Uh, and he has to you know kiss ass with the chief uh, strategy officer. Paul DePodesta, so no doubt both those guys were in agreement on this signing. But how, how do you sit there in the morning and say, boy, oh, boy, you know what? I'm deserving. I'm 32. Most GMs are in their 40s or 50s or even 60s, right? But, boy, I'm 32 years old, and I deserve this job. Why? Well, because I, not anybody else, nobody else could have done this, boy. I was able to negotiate a contract with Miles Garrett that gave him a hundred million dollars in guarantees. Boy, you know, the 15-year-old down the street, he couldn't have done that. No, or the 80-year-old down the street, he couldn't have done that. Or my wife couldn't have done that. No, no, no. It took my talent as a 32-year-old dweeb to be able to swindle a hundred million dollars guaranteed to Miles Garrett. I mean, it's stupid. I, a five-year-old could have negotiated this contract for goodness sake. What, what was Garrett asking for? that Burry said no to if he ends up getting the highest paid contract to a defensive player in NFL history. If he gets a hundred million dollars in guarantees, basically the same than uh, what the Dallas Cowgirls were offering Dak Prescott, according to reports. I mean, he blew away the numbers that the bears gave Khalil Mack two years ago. He is the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. You're talking about a guy that averages less than a sack a game that was kicked out of the league last year for six games because he was a mental midget swinging helmets, making accusations, uh, you know, about Rudolph using the N-word. And that's the guy that you're giving this kind of money to. And that's the contract that you negotiated, knowing full well that the Browns had the ultimate hammer because they had Garrett under contract for the next two years. And this guy gets gets to go to work this morning and, and make a nice little living for himself. I mean, you know, could you and I have, have negotiated a worse contract than this? I mean, how do you get these jobs? I mean, how does this guy look himself in the mirror and say, yep, I'm distinguishing myself from every other 32-year-old out there. You know, the guy that works overnights at 7-Eleven trying to make an extra buck. Yeah, I'm smarter than him because I was able to negotiate this contract. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What a mope. Uh, you give a guy a hundred million dollars guarantee. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. Now I know Barry wasn't there. 
And Deep Potester wasn't there as well, but it's still the Browns. And I'm telling you, a lot of this has to do with the Kansas City chefs giving Pat Mahomes the contract they gave him and uh, the contract that no doubt the Houston Texans are going to end up giving to Sean Watson because both those quarterbacks went in the draft that the Browns took Miles Garrett number one overall. And I think the fight off the public scrutiny and the public laughter on how they blew that by not uh, drafting either one of those two, they take Garrett number one instead. And I think they want to justify that by saying, well, you know, okay, maybe we didn't take these two quarterbacks, but we got ourselves the best defensive player in the NFL. And we're going to show you that by paying him as the best defensive player in the NFL when he's not the best defensive player in the NFL. And I'll tell you the other thing. Think about this real quickly. I mean, you know how easy it is to make money if you're an NFL defensive lineman? I mean, wow. The average team throws 40 times a game. Think about the numbers on this. Right around 40. You know, some a little less, some a little more. But I would say overall, I bet it's 40 times a game. All you need as a defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker that rushes a la Khalil Mack, all you need is one sack per game. One. One time out of 40 that a quarterback drops back to pass, you need to sack him. You know, we all hear about baseball, right? Oh, baseball's tough. But boy, baseball is so tough that uh, if you're successful three out of 10 times, boy, you're, you know, you're in the Hall of Fame. Well, same scenario here with the NFL. All you have to be, though, in the NFL is successful one out of 40 times. Because if you make a sack a game and end up with 16 sacks, you're going to get moronic contracts like Miles Garrett just got from the Cleveland Browns. He averaged a sack a game last year in the 10 games that he played. He's averaged just under a sack a game, 0.82 over his three seasons in the NFL. Memo to the Browns, oh, by the way, he's re- he is one of the best defensive pass rushers, one of, not the, and he's ranked fourth in sacks per game. Not one, not two. Not three, but he's fourth. So in my book, in my league, in my home, he would be, to me, the, what, fourth highest paid defensive player, right? Not the first, because he's not number one. He's number four. What don't the Browns get with that? But you talk about being successful one time, one time out of 40. Quarterback slips. You know, offensive lineman goes the wrong way. You know, the defensive secondary does such a great job that you're able to get the quarterback at a sack, even though it's not really you creating the sack. It's it's just the defensive uh, secondary doing a great job. Just one time at a 40 per game, and you will be a multi-gazillionaire. It is amazing when you start breaking down the numbers like that. Now, there's more to it than that. I get it. But realistically, when you start looking at tackles, these defensive ends, they're not making a whole heck of a lot of tackles. They aren't. Now, they're putting pressure on quarterbacks that you don't see in the numbers. I get that, but it's just really amazing. Um, The lack of production, despite the number of uh, dollars that they get in their contracts. Wow. uh, 844-843-6879. To the phones we go. Uh, Johnny in Manhattan starts us off as he always does. What's up, John? Hey, Scott, good morning. Morning, John. How are you? Make that little introduction there. Very nice. <laughs> What's up, bud? I'm doing well. Did you, uh, the the uh, radio announcer for the Redskins, who's been with them for 16 years, retired overnight. Did you catch that, Scott? No. No, I did not. 
That's interesting, huh? He's the chief content officer for the Redskins and has been the radio voice for the Skins for the last 16 seasons. So he uh, he tapped out overnight while while we were all sleeping. So um, wow, it seems sort of obvious that there's a, a drugs and I think a drugs and hooker scandal uh, a brewing. Maybe the Washington Post will finally uh, put it out probably Friday. That's that's what yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, it's something. I mean, I don't know if that ties in, but it does seem kind of strange, right? Uh, not necessarily that he would retire, but again, that he's retiring now. You know, if it's the coronavirus, I'm sure if you would have asked the, the radio station or the Redskins who own the rights, uh, you know, I, I want a one-year reprieve on this because of the coronavirus. I, I don't doubt that they would have said okay. So, I, I don't what what a great mystery we're getting with the Washington Redskins, for that matter. My money's on drugs and hooker until further notice. Hookers until further further notice, Scott. Yeah, I, I'm listening. Hey, Scott, you know, really quickly. Yep. Or really quickly, last night during the podcast, you said that you think the uh, Mets are going to sell tickets for their games at City Fields, but as far as I know, no baseball teams are selling any tickets to any games this season. Thanks, Scott. All right, uh, John. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. I, I don't, you know. I don't think that's true, uh, that there's a blanket rule. I could be wrong. I mean, these things change from time to time, but I don't know why the mayor of Philadelphia would say no fans in the stands if uh, MLB has already said that. But I'll double-check in the break. So, but I don't doubt it if, if that is the case. More coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Jackson desperate to get going for the 16. Not much room trying to make a lot happen here. Big circle back by Jackson. Trying to pick up blocks, and he lost the football, and it's recovered by the punter Jones. Jackson trying to do too much, may have blown the game for Washington. Uh, Redskins Radio Network there with the call. Uh, bagels and bad beats on a Thursday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879. Right back to the phones we go. Uh, how about our good buddy L.L. Charles in West Virginia? What's up, Charles? How are you this morning, bud? Hey, good morning, Scott. Hey, sidebar question. When your wife left her items on her car the other day, yeah. was her coffee new? And if it was new, was she wondering where it was at the whole night? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it was new or not, but it was definitely cold. Um so, but no, she didn't know anything because I, I went back. And for those who don't know, uh, you know, in between the breaks here, we were a while ago out to, to the front and get my newspaper that's uh, delivered during the show. And I saw a cup of coffee, car keys, and some papers on top of my wife's car that she takes to work. And I figured, okay, she just, you know, brought some stuff out there. But as it turned out, she left it on the top of the car from the night before. So we're, we're lucky. Of course, this is the same person that left the car door open, Charles, as you may remember. 
um, when she went shopping with my daughter about two months ago and the car was broken into. Yeah. So you would think, oh, by the way, she would be extra cautious. But, you know, uh, so I no, she did not. She didn't remember it. I had a little pop quiz for her, as we like to have during the podcast and these radio shows. You know, I when I went into the, the bedroom. And she's sleeping. I said, where, where do you think the keys were today, dear? You know, and then she listed about four or five things. And I'm like, nah, you're, you're not even not even hot. You know, this is like the Easter egg hunt, Charles. Like, no, warmer, a little warmer. No. How about outside? So, uh, no, she completely forgot about it. Like, you know, I can see about forgetting one thing. But how do you forget about keys, coffee you were drinking, and then papers that, you know, you felt so obligated to take out of the car, so you wanted to look at these papers. I mean, you didn't remember, like, one of the three? Not one of the three? Uh, Scott, I was was in tears. I I was in tears the way you were telling the story. But that's something that my wife told – I told my wife the story, and she said that would be something that I would do, me, me, because I would get stuff like that all the time. So that's I mean, why listen, I thought it was so funny, do. I guess. You know, I'm, we all, you know, and from time to time, we all, you know, forget, you know, wear my glasses, you know, and they're on top of my head or, you know, stuff like that. But, <laughs> you know, when you do it every yeah. single day, it's no longer just a, you know, oops, it, it's a daily thing that happened. Maybe she just focused on taking care of you and she just forgets those kind of things. Yeah, that, that's sure it. Scott there you go. Is they okay? Go ahead. That was a good answer. There you go. That, that, I'm sure that's it. Absolutely right. Hey, hey Scott, John from Manhattan was correct uh, pretty much about Larry Michael, but he, he actually uh, reti- quit yesterday. But it is strange that he would do it so abruptly because he is a big-time Redskins guy. He grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. He's been a Redskins guy all his life, he says. So if he were to retire like that, he would wait till the middle of the season, announce it, and then have a big fanfare when the year was over. So for him to quit like that, it's something major going on. But you're right. I can't believe it's not being leaked. It's, it's, it must be super bad because somebody's scared to touch it. I don't know. It must be. Yeah. It's got to be, like John said, sex and drugs. So Well, you know what, Joe? Just, you, you, I, may just, just, uh, you may have just hit on it. You may have just hit on it in that it must be super bad that they can't leak it because they need to confirm it. You know, if it's just a, a possible trade, now I know it wouldn't be a trade, but let's just say, you know, rumors about a trade or, or something goofy, you leak the story, who cares? But you don't leak a story if, you know, you're making an accusation of something really serious. You need to really be able to get this thing confirmed, and maybe that's it. You know, maybe the story is you hit it. Maybe it's so bad that people kind of know about it, but they need to confirm it. Even that one tweet yesterday from uh, what's-his-face, who I don't like over at the NFL Network, um, you know, made it seem like it was really – Oh, I hate him too. Uh, uh, Lock of four, yeah, uh, he's he's terrible. He he kills – He's awful. He used to cover the skins. Yeah. Yeah, he used to cover the skins, and he all all he could find was negative stories. He would he refused to write a positive story about it. But yeah, he's terrible. So, but if he's not if he's not leaking it, then it's got to be bad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I tell you, I, I'm curious to know what it is, but um, I, I guess eventually we'll find out. But I do think it's the you know you can't go to even one of the minority owners. You know, who, who, you know, let's go into the assumption, Charles, that they want Snyder out. You would think they would be leaking this story, right? Or maybe, uh, I, I don't know. Um, you know, there's so many different scenarios you can come up with, but uh, none of them seem to make it in a positive light for Snyder and the Redskins. 
No, you're right. But we'll wait and see. But, Scott, you have a good morning and uh, enjoy this uh, 5 a.m. show, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate that, Charles. Uh, one of the good LLs over on the podcast. Uh, Richard in West Virginia. Richard, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Thursday morning. I'm kind of interested in that. I don't know if you really know, but you hear calls coming in from West Virginia like this one here. And you just wonder what city in West Virginia, because I don't, I don't recognize the voice. I just wonder, well, do you know what people, city? There's a lot of people from? in West Virginia, Richard. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not a small, you know, it's Almost not a huge state, rather, but, uh, you know. West Virginia. Uh, no, but, but Charles is on again, I'll ask him uh, what, what city. I got a buddy that lives in West Virginia, one of my college friends. We went to the Southern Illinois together who lives in West Virginia. Um, I don't think it, it must be relatively close to Morgantown because he goes to Marshall football games all the time. But, um, man, maybe we're, we're big in West Virginia. Uh, Mar- so that's cool. Marshall's in Huntington. Oh, Huntington, right, yes. I don't know how many affiliates you have in West Virginia because I know where I'm calling from is uh, Wheeling. Wheeling? Okay, what, what the, you know, do you have the, the what's the numbers on that one? Like the number of the affiliate? Yeah. Well, what's it, what, where is it on the dial? AM1600. All right. Let me write that down. I'll keep it a little uh, running tally here. AM1600, Wheeling, West Virginia. How far are you from uh, from Hun- uh, Huntington? Oh, heck. That's clear, Don. Mostly. Probably oh, uh, that's 200 miles to Charleston. It's 250 miles to Huntington. It's a oh, good okay, ways down basically. there. All right, so you wouldn't be near him then. So I did a football game. I did a yeah, play-by-play in Huntington uh, many moons ago. Great little town. Yeah, that's where Marshall. That's where Marshall is in Huntington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that's West right, Virginia's yeah. in West Virginia's in Morgantown. You know yeah. when they have the show, I can't make out what it says. It says bagels. What's the last part of it? Is that one of those bad beats? Bad bagels beats. and it's bad a, beats. It's it's a betting term. It's it's when you think you have a winner. And then something crazy happens in the final minute seconds of games, and you know, your winner turns to a loser. So it's called a bad beat in the betting world. Oh, okay. I just wonder who who came up with that name. Did you? No, no. I they would. I, I was not referred to that name. It's it's uh it's under public scrutiny. I will say that, but it's not a bad little name. You know, it's uh, you know it's kind of goofy. Um, you know, people might get it a little more if there were sports going on, and we had a bunch of bad beats to talk about. Um, but you know, that, that's the premise behind it. You know, a little sports, uh, jargon there. So, but no, I was not, uh, I, I was like LeBron of the, uh, of the uh, radio world. I was not consulted on the name. So I'm going to take my name and I'm not going to work. I, I wouldn't do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to make myself Richard bigger than LeBron James. How about that? Even though I was not consulted, I would have liked to have been, but instead of taking my basketball and my microphone and going home, I'm actually going to partake in bagels and bad beats. How about that? Sounds like a plan to me. One thing you were talking about, Miles Garrett. Here's here's something that interests me. Hopefully, you'll know the inside of this. When Miles Garrett was uh, banned from the league, uh, what a year or two ago when he had that swing incident up with a Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. Yeah, uh, last year, last six games of the season. He, how did he get back in? He was banned forever for that. One of the worst things that could be done. An egregious thing that he did by swinging that helmet and beating him in the head with a helmet, then all of a sudden it's just uh, he's back in the league. How did that happen that uh, he he just got a, a reprieve from that and got back in the league? 
Yeah. Well, how, how basically, how did that come? It, basically, they they suspended him indefinitely, and then they figured, okay, we'll make it the final six games of uh, the regular season, Rich. Uh, and then uh, the regular season ended last year. They didn't make the postseason, and he was reinstated, I think, in February officially. So he applied for reinstatement. They said okay. And uh, he's back in the league. You know, everyone gets two, three, four chances. So that that was it. He wasn't like he was kicked out of the league forever, <clears throat> you know, and, and uh, you know, had to. He's not Josh Gordon. It was only his first offense. But he did get six games, you know, which is pretty hefty. And uh, six games expired. And, and so he's back in the league this year. But he has not played since. So that that's why this contract, to me, is so crazy in that, you know, Listen, we don't know him. The Browns do. I get that. But he made some serious accusations against Rudolph. He made a serious incident against Rudolph. You, you don't know if he's a mental midget or not in my world. So why would you go out of your way to guarantee $100 million to a guy that you've only known for three years and, uh, you know, hasn't turned the franchise around number one, isn't necessarily the face of the franchise, I don't think, at least not to the point where they putting the Browns on a national scale. And, uh, you know, the only thing we have for him is, okay, a sack every once in a while and a couple of swinging helmets, uh, you know, at Mason Rudolph. I just don't understand why you'd go out of your way to, to give a contract extension to a guy like that. Oh, I just didn't understand because I thought for sure that he was banned. I thought they said he was banned for life from the NFL. No. That's far, I'm pretty sure that I heard. No, no. And all he, he of a was, sudden uh, he gets. Yeah, no, he was, uh, and I appreciate the phone call, Rich. Keep in touch, bud. But, no, he was never banned for life. This was his first offense. Uh, it was a serious offense, which explained the six games. I don't know if he necessarily would have gotten six games, quite frankly, if the Browns were contending for a playoff spot, and this happened in game number two. It was just very convenient that it was game number 10, and they could have, you know, and they said, all right, you know what, uh, we'll, we'll suspend him. Like, if it was in week number 11, uh, would they have said, all right, we're going to give you six games. We're going to give you five for the closeout this season and one next season. No, probably not. You know, they, they fit the punishment for the crime and the time that it occurred and everything else, but he was never banned for life. It was a suspension. I'm pretty, if memory serves me right, it wasn't specifically a six game suspension. It was, you're suspended indefinitely for the rest of the season. For sure. You have to apply for reinstatement on these suspensions. He did in February. Uh, he got approved to be, you know, put back uh, in, into the league. So that, that's how it happened there. Um, you know, no, no, nothing crazy with, with that, but it's just crazy that they would give that guy an extension. One thing, by the way, you know, I was right, and, and I suppose in some ways John was right as well. Right now, fans for Major League Baseball, they're not allowed in. But as I was saying, I didn't think they just ruled it out completely, and they haven't. You know, Major League Baseball has left the possibility of fans to go to these games. So whereas the Phillies and Eagles, uh, because of their situation in Philadelphia, uh, they are not. They, they've you know wiped it off the board completely, but Major League Baseball has not. I don't know off the top of my head. I, could, I suppose I could look it up here on when the Phillies and Mets play in New York. So if it happens early in their 60-game season, then they wouldn't be allowed, you know, I'm assuming that's going to stand for at least the first, you know, maybe month of the season. But if their, uh, you know, games, at least in uh, Citibank Field in New York, are later on in the 60-game schedule, maybe things will lighten up with the virus and maybe there will be fans in the stand. So right now, no one's allowed, but it's not set for the entire season. The Major League Baseball. 
844-843-6879 is the toll-free telephone number. You want to send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Uh, a conspiracy that got blown up last night. That's the that big thing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. West Virginia. Oh, how about that for Very nice. Bagels and Bad Beats, 844-843-6879. See, now we're going to have that. We'll have that song for Richard every time he calls in. We got the New York, New York there for uh, for Johnny. So uh, we'll have songs for, for everyone. You know, nice little conspiracy last night got blown up in smoke. But I must admit, uh, th- this was a pretty good one because FanDuel bought in. A lot of people, myself included, said, you know, it's the all-star game for NASCAR, and uh, what better way to kind of throw, uh, you know, good old Bubba Wallace a bone here by allowing him, if you will, to win the all-star game. Now, it is for a million bucks, which is a lot of money, but these guys are all rich, so what, what's the difference? They love him, which is a great thing. They've supported him uh, over the social unrest stuff and, and the news and all that other nonsense, which we all know about. So why not just, uh, you know, maybe just clear a path for, for Bubba to, to win the all-star race so much so that I went on FanDuel last night and you know, you couldn't bet on him. They listed every one of the other drivers and they did not have Bubba Wallace because I was going to put a couple of shekels down, and I was really curious just to see what the odds were. Now, he's a mediocre driver. He's, you know, on the circuit, but he's nothing special. Um, And you could not bet, at least with FanDuel anyway, on Bubba Wallace. So that lets me know that they bought into this little conspiracy thing as well. For them to, you know, have betting on the race but not be able to bet on one out of all the other drivers uh, very interesting. He wasn't part of the field or anything. They listed 20 other drivers, so real interesting. So what happens, he ends up crashing and isn't part of the race. So uh, it, it was all for naught, but it was a pretty good conspiracy. And by the way, if you're NASCAR, what are you doing holding an all-star race during the week? You know, I mean, you're a weekend sport. Your races are Saturday or Sunday. Why would you hold your all-star, which is supposed to be a big event, on a Wednesday night makes no sense to me, but that's why it's NASCAR. We're coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 